This episode is brought to you by the content creators at Live City Media. They've been filming and editing since 2013 and know exactly what it takes to make your brand's online presence pop. Head over to livecity.media to connect with the team today. There we go. Hey, man, how are you? I'm not too bad. I'm chilling. It's a Thursday. It's raining outside. Uh, there's a chance that there could be thunderstorms uh, over the next hour during our podcast ceremony. So if for whatever reason the screen goes black, well, now you know. <laughs> or if we need to re-record because we lost like power entirely, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll let you guys know. But yeah, we'll for now it's, it's good. But yeah, it's pretty grayish uh, outside here in uh, in montreal it was hailing earlier hailing yeah it hailed yeah, yeah that doesn't happen it's august often yeah <laughs> for sure uh no i missed that i was uh on the top floor of a building in uh, downtown so i didn't uh and really really focused on my computer so i didn't see that but yeah no it's weird weather this summer um it's been a couple of weeks i think it's been close to a month or well, yeah, yeah close to a month uh close to a month three to four weeks that's for sure you've been uh, a little bit busy <laughs> a little busy i was on vacation for a week in uh, in france i come i came back two weeks ago a little less than two weeks ago uh and uh yeah a lot of uh, i celebrated my birthday um i got engaged which you got engaged i got engaged so a big yeah. uh, big big boy steps uh that i'm walking here um yeah no i can't complain a lot of cool projects what about you man well compared to you not much <laughs> well it's yeah i mean it's it's hard to to for everyone <laughs> just to be yeah, no, I've, I've just been to working a lot but yeah yeah, I've been working a lot of just enjoying the nice weather whenever it comes around. Like, been kayaking a lot. Found out there's a place kayaking. not too far away from me. Nice. $5 for a rental for kayaking. So, just been hitting the water a lot, enjoying the summer as best I can. And then coming home and working on the site, relaxing, reading, little things like that. Nothing, nothing too crazy going on on my end. Well, that's good, man. That's good living. Uh, but at kayaking, that's a, that's an interesting idea. That's something oh, we should kayaking. try. We should do that eventually. Uh, if you want to come around to my neck of the woods, it's ten dollars for you because you're not a resident. But I mean, ten dollars ain't I that bad. I can spare ten dollars, and I'll bring a flask. There we go. <laughs> and we, can there we just <laughs> drink all the water. I'm sure that's yeah, very well, safe and uh, I'm sure advisable. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, so yeah, for today, and again, I think we're what three weeks late or close but it's gonna be barbenheimer time yeah it's uh, been since the comic-con was the last episode yeah so yeah we're a little late um so we'll do barbenheimer because sean and i have seen oppenheimer i have seen barbie and um the new ninja turtles movie sean has seen as well so yeah we i got that. uh early passes for that one so was able to see it uh, we'll talk about it in a sec but uh I honestly thought that screening was going to be full of kids because it was like 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, there was like 10 percent of the theater was kids. The rest of them were like people in their 30s. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not surprised to be honest because that's that's our generation. Yeah, I mean the, the yeah. first the the comics of the Ninja Turtles, the first movies, uh, live yeah, action like movies, 80s, like it's stuff. in the 90s stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. it's our generation. I'm not I'm not that surprised to be honest. I never was a Ninja Turtle fan, to be honest. But Me neither, I, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll still hear your, your review out. Yeah. I'm curious. I was like a peripheral fan. Like, I'm aware of it, and I would check it out, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, first and foremost, our poison for this evening. Um, I'm on scotch, and you're as well. I am as well. We're both yep. uh, sampling the Highlands this evening. Yes, I'm playing the Highlands. Uh, on my end, I mean, I, I received this as a gift, but uh, twice this, the same bottle. Um, yeah. But I'm happy it's this one because I my dad really likes this one. Every time I go to my cottage, my dad has this bottle. And sometimes I drink some with him and we chat about like what's going on in our lives and whatnot. 
but I'm drinking Aberlore 12. Um, they call it like the Speyside single malt, um, double cast matured, 12 years Aberlore. It's a really rich scotch. Um, for the price, like for the money you're paying, the amount of flavor you have in there, it's pretty intense. It's pretty crazy. And yeah. you don't have the bitterness of like some of the harsher scotches. It's more fruity. It's more sweet. Um, and it's a little more spicy as well. So it's a, it's a really nice find. I'm not sure how much it costs. I, I can't I can't remember. It's, I think, it's around 60, 65. Yeah, it's maybe 60, 65. Uh, and I had it twice. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, but it's a good one that if you if you're not if you're a big bourbon fan like me and you're trying to get into scotch but you're not sure which one and you have a few bucks to spare extra of like no, the normal ordinary everyday liqueurs uh, I mean spirits this is this is your baby it's a really good one I really like this one yeah I've had it on the show as well and I quite enjoy it it's, it's complex without being overwhelming yeah exactly no, well said. So yeah, Thank you. that's what I'm having. I'm currently having a Speyburn 10. So also not too far. It's a Speyside, if I'm not mistaken. It's a single malt. Um, I had I got this as a, a Christmas present to myself a year and a half ago, if I'm not mistaken. So this one's pretty good. It has a lot of like orangey sub notes. Mm. So you have a hint of that like highland ruggedness it's not like too fruity like a like a glenmorangie yeah it's a bit more like a glenfiddich but it's not like a bowmore or anything like that or um mm. abador it's it's kind of in between so you uh, but that orange is something that definitely like jumps out at me nice nice i like a nice little orange taste i like glenmorangie uh i didn't buy a bottle for a while but uh that should be my next purchase. I'll check. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Glamorangi is really good. I, I feel Glamorangi is, it used to be fair price, but I don't think it's fair priced anymore, personally. No, it's a little on the expensive side. Yeah, for a 10 have. year regular original bottle, I think we're looking at around $75, $80 now, mm, Canadian. Close, yeah. So you need I think to have something to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I think it's better off being around $60, personally. I think yeah. it jumped way too high, way too quickly. And for that, I don't I don't buy it anymore. I get much more enjoyment out of a Glen Levet compared Glen to Levet. a Glen Marangi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good choice. Thank All you. right, brother. So cheers. Cheers to you. Cheers to that. Cheers to you. Congratulations and happy Thank birthday. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, August is Not always a, a, fun, uh, a fun month. <laughs> yeah, it's stuff going on for sure. Yeah. Uh, and before we get started, I keep trying to remember to put this at the front of the show as opposed to the end, but... If you do like the show, please give it a like, a subscribe, and share it around. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Welcome back, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so for sure, yeah, we're going to start with the what we're late on. But I guess maybe you can start with that. Do you think that Barbenheimer is the revival of modern cinema and theaters? Or was that overhyped? I think that's a big question i want to ask you first that is a, a very good question and it's something i've actually been contemplating for the last couple of weeks i don't think the answer is yes in terms of cinema but i think the answer is yes in terms of cinema marketing yeah good answer yeah because yeah. they marketed the shit out of the both both of those movies well ironically half uh well even probably more than half but the marketing machine for both movies was free press. Free press, true. Because it was and social media sensation. hype. Yeah, the, the social media hype. Yeah. The, the the idea of the crossover of Barbenheimer, like the memes, people made t-shirts. t-shirts. You can buy t-shirts on Amazon, like on yeah. Barbenheimer. It's crazy. So it became a cultural event. Mm-hmm. You you had to see at least one of the two and a lot of people went out to go see both sometime back to back uh which our friend is alex not a Callard, good idea which is not a good idea <laughs> well our friend alex Callard did both on the same day and i, I salute him for that i salute so, him because Oppenheimer is like so long we'll talk it's about a it three hour it's a three hour epic but yeah yeah it's, yeah it's i think long. studios before they would like run to the hills like oh like this movie's planted their flag on that release date 
well, we're going to have to move it like maybe two weeks, four weeks, something like that. And they just they get out of the way. Yeah. And this has shown that maybe movies that are polar opposites that are both like big budget temple movies can coexist together. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a viable box office strategy to put like a DC movie and a Marvel movie on the same weekend unless it's like a Justice League Avengers level combo event. Mm. But if you're looking at something that targets one demographic and then another movie that targets another demographic and both are coming from very well-respected directors, there's a lot of good buzz around the movie, I certainly see that as a good marketing ploy, which is not something I would have said a couple of years ago. I would have been like, oh, no, it's Oppenheimer should move from that yeah. release window. But yeah. it proved to be quite a genius move. The internet latched onto it. Uh, the single greatest box office opening weekend in, I think, since Endgame. Yeah, which is not that far back, but still, it's considering well, it's Endgame. It's been a few years is, now. Yeah, yeah. But considering Endgame is. Uh, 20, 2019 and no 2018 yeah. so uh, 2019 2019 yeah 2019 and pretty up there yeah it's 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah i think you're right i think that mark from a marketing standpoint it's close it, i don't want to call this genius but it's a, just a good idea um i don't even think it was a good idea i think it just it just happened yeah it just happened yeah and you can bet the studios are going to try and replicate it. But I think it's yeah, just lightning in the bottle. I think so. But I'm trying to wonder if if they don't redo that, if everything's going to happen the same way again. It's just that. Okay. Exactly. That's what I mean by lightning in a bottle. Like, yeah, exactly. And then replicate it. like movies are still not going to attract as many people in theaters. So they, I don't know if that's their, their next, like their universal card for everything is that, okay, we'll try to have a symbolic opening weekend for two movies that are hyped but are completely different and there's a trend around it like a, a gen mm-hmm. z kind of trend social media trend but yeah it's it's weird so because again there's still some i guess some big theater movies coming before the end of the year we we'll have oscar season still coming we have yeah. a few movies assuming nothing is like majorly delayed like yeah. we know both Beyond the Spider-Verse, which was next year, and Craven the Hunter, both Sony Spider-Man movies have been pushed. Yeah, true. It, because it's of, official uh, because of that, yeah. Because of the strike, uh, WGA and SAG. We stand with the strikers, by the way. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we uh, do. But yeah, so depending on the, the awards season, like things might get delayed, things might get not delayed. There's talks that Dune Part 2 might get pushed yeah not confirmed yeah not exactly confirmed, yeah but it's possible um yeah so there you have it it's uh so i've seen both not on the same day though i um i saw Bobby barbie first <laughs> before i left for my vacation uh was my, it your idea to go see it <laughs> no well no but my girlfriend really wanted to see it i was curious like we had time uh free time on our hands before our flight we just said okay let's do it let's go see barbie um so well i guess i can start with this because i know you haven't seen it uh, and i'll i it won't spoil it uh, for you but well there's not not much spoilers but still um great 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 set design so like set design costumes again to replicate like the world of barbie land like the the plastic houses and castle that you have and like just the, the the attention to details like to all uh like the, the just the set design the decor the the houses the colors that are popping the color palette is crazy in this film it's all pretty good uh the performances as well are, are great like margot robbie is is really good as barbie and there's an emotional side to her that is pretty compelling and ryan gosling as ken is really entertaining so uh uh, I think he's going to be like both are going to be probably nominated for best actor and best best actress oh, and best supporting actor. I would be like if they don't do it, I would be really surprised because they, they can't really ignore those two films. Uh, and there's talent there. I mean, it's Greta Gerwig directing. So the only thing I'm wondering and again, so many discussions and debate like when I'm at work and at, with friends about this film. But like as like a 31 year old guy 
watching a movie that's really not for me. Like, not I'm not a main audience of this, not at all. Um, and it's not for kids as well. Like, maybe you've heard of this, but like, yeah, young... I've, I've heard a few reviews mentioning that it's not quite a, not in terms of like it's R-rated or anything, but no, a lot it's of not the satire R-rated. satire. Uh, a lot of like subtle discussions about like patriarchy, sexism, misogyny, like over and over. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can see like the girls around me just going like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, for sure." But some of the 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 the, the arguments are either like so extreme that you're laughing at it, but they're openly borderline anti-masculine. But I didn't I didn't find them offensive. Because, again, like, it, it, it's maybe a revenge that's well-earned at some point for, like, I don't know, 2,000 years of sexism and just pure cinema, golden age of cinema that was entirely about men. So I get that. So I guess I'm like, oh, well, pro- probably deserved it. But my girlfriend asked me, like, oh, how did, did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's good. It's well-directed. Um, I mean, I don't know if I am I'm the right audience for this. Maybe you are. Maybe the younger, I mean, the the younger generation who understands like the 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 the, 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 the social concepts of all of this. Like, I mean, for sure. But I'm not I'm not sure what I was supposed to feel to be honest because they, <laughs> I don't know. They just went so extreme in their depiction of men. So. Which I guess is earned, but I'm just like, okay, so am I supposed just to feel like, oh, yeah, nice, like, <laughs> walking out of the film? I don't know, like, what I'm supposed to feel. I'm just like, it's entertaining. It was an entertaining film. So, so it I was an entertaining, like, story, but in terms of, like, walking out of the theater, you didn't feel challenged or you didn't feel like you earn some sort of, like, lesson or moral from the story? No, no, because, again, I'm not... I'm really privileged because I think I'm really surrounded by inspiring, powerful women that really influence me in a positive light in my life. That, like, the message that I see, maybe because I'm a guy and I'm biased, but I don't, like, I'm not, I don't see that. Like, I'm not, uh, because, again, I'm, I'm privileged. We're privileged. I think we live in a society when it's getting better and better. But I don't know. I'm not, I didn't. I didn't feel it was calling out to me personally. So I'm just like, it was a well-made film, well-acted, uh, good set design, good costumes, um, good performances, like I said. But uh, there's a couple of scenes I really did like, though. But I, I don't want to spoil it for you. But there's, it's, it's not a spoiler, but there's, you, we see it in the trailer, but Barbie and Ken actually are sent to the real world because they're not from the real wo- the real world. Yeah, they're from like Barbie land. Yeah, exactly, which is kind of the same concept as the Smurfs. Like they have their world and they come to the yeah the, the real world. And um, the the Margot Robbie as like the stereotype Barbie is really like kind and really emotional and really. Um, she she wants to do good around her, and there's a scene where she's at, sitting to next to an old lady, and she she's really really kind to her. The first thing she says like, "Oh, you're really beautiful," and she says that to like a a, a lady who's like 88 or something like that, and <laughs> the old lady turns and says to her, "Yeah, I know," <laughs> and I'm like, "This is a this is a good and again this is a good little like uh, I know a good." I think a good way to say, like, regardless of your age, regardless of your generation, like, you're, you're like, like, forget what society dicted about, like, beauty like concepts. Like, beauty skin level. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're still beautiful at whatever age you are, uh, you, you, you are in. Barbie is, that notion is that regardless of the age you are, you can still play with Barbies and appreciate what Barbies are. So I think that's, that's something I, I really admired of the film. And again, the discussion between her character and the whole new generation of young girls, like from high school, about how did they, some of them did grow up with Barbie, some of them don't, because they think it's actually like a product of men. Barbie is that there's typical, like, super fashion, like super skinny, um, like, toys that actually depicted ladies as, 
like tools or you know just like um things to be just admired for their physicality and whatnot so a lot of the younger girls are saying well because of barbie like women fail like because we're we're always depicted as we're supposed to be barbies for men but we're not so and barbie doesn't understand that because she's like she did she wasn't she didn't witness any of this basically so she's she, she's crying and it's it's a really powerful scene so that i did um, I, i did like um but again it's just that after the, the movie i'm just like oh well i'm happy everybody enjoyed it i enjoyed it as well but i'm i don't know like if all of this was for me i don't know if like i'm, I'm supposed to learn something or be inspired because again i'm not the target audience so but it was fun it was a fun film it's good you you knew you need to watch it it's still a good experience so i would say that that's my long review of barbie my girlfriend actually had no interest in watching it no i had I like, some interest but, yeah. but well, she, i was just like barbie's coming out same day as oppenheimer she's like we're seeing oppenheimer <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, you uh, you do not have the same girlfriend as I do. <laughs> Or most, I th uh, you know what? I think Stephanie is probably really unique in that, from that perspective. <laughs> But I, I, w I wasn't displeased. I had a good time and I'm happy that my girlfriend I had a good time. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think we maybe earned it. I mean, for like everything that happened, like to women in cinema since like the golden age, I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> we can take the we can take a beat it's good <laughs> yeah. so there you go that's that's Barbie okay. but it's still a good film and for sure it's going to be nominated in a whole bunch of categories in the Oscar they they can't ignore it like considering last year's Oscar and they want to go a little more like mass media cinema I guess yeah it's going to be nominated in a bunch of categories yeah, interesting very interesting Oppenheimer um, now <laughs> will for sure be nominated as well. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer. Go for go first because I talked so much about Barbie. So go with your impression first. Yeah, I went to go see it in digital IMAX, so I didn't get to see a 70 millimeter screen. There is no IMAX 70 millimeter in Montreal. There's only I think six in the whole country. You're sure, so, though, the 70 oh, millimeter? Yeah. I thought well, that Scotiabank There's a 70 a... millimeter non-IMAX screening here. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. there was an IMAX 70 millimeter at no IMAX 70 No, okay. Yeah, nope. So it it's, was, uh, yeah. it's a digital projector, so it's like a 2K, two projectors rolling at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the Scotiabank is massive already, so even seeing it on digital, it's fine, is my opinion. Um, so I yeah, saw it in IMAX. And really, really liked it. Uh, I, I'm actually on their serving up saying really liked it. It was uh, probably the second best movie of the year, I would say, at this point. Mm -hmm. um, the first one being? Probably Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Right. Yeah, at this point. I, I have to marinate on it a little bit more, but that's, that's sort of my knee-jerk. Um, Christopher Nolan, thank God knows it took his criticism on sound engineering and applied it to this movie because unlike did he really because I, i would I, say it so. was better than tenet i think i understood most of the film yeah, a little better more than, than dunkirk tenet. as well yeah well dunkirk there's not a lot there of dialogue well the aviation Dun sequence with tom hardy in particular in that movie is it's tough <laughs> Well, Dunkirk is is fine, but Tenet was a problem. Uh, Tenet was a big problem. Tenet was a bit problem, but this I couldn't understand what you're saying. I understood more of the film better, but there's still a lot of dialogue and too much sounds around them or over them, actually. But I, I guess it's his style. At, at yeah, the end I was of the never day, struggling to like understand dialogue. Though. I was like, what did he say? Like, no, I had that experience with me, Tenet, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have it with this one, so I was like, oh, thank goodness. Um, The acting was top notch. Like Killian Murphy crushed it. Robert Downey Jr. deserves to get a best oh, supporting actor yeah, nomination. Yeah. Great performance. Emily Blunt win. as well. Emily Blunt as well. Really good yeah, performance. She's not in, like a movie, in the movie that much. Emily Blunt, but her yeah, scene. But she has a great. scene near the end of the movie that she just like dominated it. Yeah. Um, this is one of those movies like so many people were in this movie that I didn't even realize were in this movie. True. Like Rami Malek shows yeah. up for like two minutes in the movie. I'm like, hey, there's Oscar winner Rami Malek. Casey <laughs> Affleck. Gary Casey Oldman. Affleck. Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman for like a scene. Um, 
Josh Hartnett uh, was actually a supporting actor. He was a in the supporting movie. actor. Who else? And there's just there? a whole bunch of other people. Like you'll see their faces and be like, "Oh, I, I know that guy." Kenneth Branagh, but not maybe in two scenes. But yeah, yeah. Uh, James Darcy as well. He's just like the list keeps going and going and going. Like I did not realize this movie had such a stacked cast. Stacked cast it has. Um, Jason Clark. He was such a tool in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he was. Yeah, he had a, a bigger role, second secondary role as well. I would say Jason yeah. Clark, big role. Yeah. Uh, Goofy just like I think he he showed up. He was crushing it for a long time, and he's sort of disappeared for a while. And now he's coming back again. True, and he's a good actor as well. He's so, a very good actor, yeah. very under uh, underappreciated actor, under, underrated. Yeah, yeah. So you best um, second best movie of the year for, for I would you? Say, like, I need to really ponder it a bit it. more. But there was a lot of really good like thematic elements. The act the acting in particular was really good. I liked that it was a biopic, and it was three hours, but it didn't have snail pacing it still had that like christopher nolan energy where there'd be like a lot of talking and the music in the background would carry through to the next scene and the action would just keep going in a different scene Mm -hmm. so there was a sense of urgency and momentum throughout a good chunk of the movie that i feel like with the topic and the subject matter we could have had a very slow dry movie but thankfully that was not the case uh, despite being three hours and it felt it in the last hour i would say yeah. i would say overall it had a pretty good click um some things probably could have been shaven out of the movie just for the sake of the runtime um the the bomb sequence in question trinity explosion was very intense for almost the opposite reason uh you think it's going to be like pounding with sounds and visuals, but it was almost like introspective and silent and haunting. Scary and haunting was, I think, the reaction I had. Yeah. I did. I I was surprised by that scene because at first I was going to, I was, I was, I always thought out of people talking about this scene, particularly that you were going to see the explosion in full, Mm -hmm. but it's not really about the explosion that much. It's, more about the reaction of the people watching it yeah. and the and silence, it, like the, the silence. dead silence yeah. Just with prior the, yeah. to that boom. Like it, that booms, is really, yeah. The booms scare the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really like, it's not immediately, you have it like a few paces after because mm-hmm. I think that's how the atomic bomb works. Yeah, it's a good like 30 seconds after oh, the not initial even, explosion if not even more more than more than yeah, that I guess, and you become yeah. sort of like hypnotized by the flames and you just have this like calming breathing yeah yeah and it's you sort of become transfixed at the the implication inside those fiery shots then all of a sudden the sound comes in and you get jolted you go ah well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you 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 get jolted out of it. You freak out internally, and I, I thought that was magnificent because it could have just shown it from a distance, and just you could have seen the mushroom cloud, and you would have been like, "Whoa!" They but did I some of that, but not as nearly as much as I thought. They no, would. yeah. And it was, since it was filmed that night, just like the Trinity explosion, you don't see much of it anyway, which probably suited Christopher Nolan fine because he sh- did that scene practically. Yeah, it's a real explosion. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, he yeah. was talking about how he was using all these like chemicals and combustional products, and he just like cranked the camera in as close as possible just to get all those like chemicals reacting to each other. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, yeah, overall, I, I really liked it. I thought that the acting was really good. The score by Ludwig was, it wasn't bad, but I don't think it elevated the movie the same way Hans Zimmer's scores with Nolan often do. Um, and yeah, not in, not nearly as much as even this score in Tenet did. Because this Tenet score in Tenet was a great score. Yeah. But yeah, I do agree that the, the score was more, more subtle here. I didn't notice the score that much. Yeah. Like, I couldn't really remember a scene when I thought, oh, the score in that scene is great. Like, I can't even name one, I guess. But yeah, I don't feel the urge to like pop in on Spotify and go, like, I need to like just lose myself in that sound sphere. Yeah. Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. the polar opposite was as soon as Dune was done, Hans Zimmer, I was like, I need to re listen to this soundtrack. And you just 
digest what was going on on that soundscape. Mm, good point. Yeah. All right, man. All right. I'm glad you so really liked it because I'm yeah. going to be a little controversial and I'm going to say openly that I was a little disappointed in Oppenheimer. Okay. Not Define a lot. A little. Yeah. Not a lot. A little. Um, I Again, I think I'm going to support everything you said about the, 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 the sheer talent of the actors. Um, I think I can say like 100% for sure Killian Murphy wins for Best Actor. I think he will. Yeah, I think, uh, he, I think he has it in the bag, and I think. Oh yeah, he has it in the Robert bag. Robert Downey Jr. has. I think he has it in the Supporting bag. Supporting actor, yeah, for yeah. sure. He good, good, good. The um, good duality between those two characters, and I, I yeah. seen, um, not it's a YouTube video of actually Killian Murphy and Christopher Nolan visiting, uh, the last like video club in Paris or in France where you can actually rent movies, and they have a huge collection, and the. Christopher Nolan actually referred to the duality or the adversarial nature of the relationship between Strauss and uh, Oppenheimer. So Downey Jr.'s character and Killian Murphy's character. And he was inspired by um, Amadeus. So mm. actually the, um, the relationship between um, um, uh, the... Mozart and the other composer that I'm forgetting the name Salieri thank you um, so yeah that's so I really found that interesting because I do like the relationship between those two characters even if they don't have that much screen time the two of them in the same scene uh, you can still feel that in the separate scenes that they have and I like that everything from Robert Downey's Jr.'s point of view is in black and white everything from um, Oppenheimer's point of view is in color, so I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of kind also of to be more specific on the the color and the black and white. Nolan said that the black and white scenes are objective fact, and the color scenes are subjective, subjective fact. fact. Yeah, interesting. And I thought it was really good to know that in advance going into the movie, because the colors sometimes even in the same scene would just change, going from color to black and white, and I was like. My brain would go, oh, I know there's something in this scene that is objectively, undisputably true mm-hmm. because it's in black and white. Like it's, it's in black and white, yeah. It's like a black and white photograph. It's, it, it is. And then the color ones, which is most of the movie, I would say 80% of the movie is in color because you have to have creative freedoms and things like that. But it's still rooted in some form, some form of fact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So... Basically, like I said, I think everything I liked, I, I really, really liked, I would say, 80% of the film. Everything, the beginning right until the detonation, I really enjoyed. Um, I liked the practical effects. Uh, I like, I think, everything that's, it's tense. Like, even if it's a some sort of a biopic, but it's not really. Um, just discussing, like, the different, okay, like, the ways we can actually build the bomb. But they don't go into too many details. Just a confrontation or like the duality between like some of the physicians, like on how we do it. Um, the the thing that we think that Oppenheimer is actually a communist, but he we don't really have that confirmation. He's just surrounded by communists. I found mm-hmm. that really cool because again, it was never really proven that he he was a communist. He just had he was surrounded by communists. So they actually made a uh, like a wink to that, saying like he never says that he is. He's maybe not a communist. So. I like all of this. Um, the last third of the film, so the last 30 to 45 minutes, the trial scenes, yeah, way the, too long. Way yeah, the interrogations too long. And it feels almost like it's a different movie. Yeah. It goes from a, It's back and forth and back and forth yeah. between scenes, and it doesn't end. There's no... Even if it's a tense moment, like it's, it's dialogue heavy, it's really... You can see that all the characters are really like on the pressure point, so like everything goes up a notch. It's like it doesn't end. It's too long, too long. So that's why like the end of the film, like it went like this, and then it reached that point, and like oh, like it, it like everything went like I was so disappointed with the ending. I'm just like ah. Oh. I wasn't like, disappointed with the ending. I I see what you're coming from though. I do think it lost a lot of the the momentum I was talking yeah. about because those scenes are largely confined to the the interrogation room 
and maybe like a hallway or like some cutaway shots, but a large chunk of it takes place in that small room. And so there is a momentum change that happens and that's where the three hours really starts to become a bit more noticeable. Yeah. No, it's really there that you think that, and people say, Oh, you don't notice the three hours. I'm like, no, you do. (laughs) You do in the last 30 minutes. You you do. Um, because you think that the scene is like never ending. It's the same kind. It's not, I, I wouldn't say it's the same shots. It's not because Nolan's a genius. So like the way he still shot it is still really engaging, but I'm just like, it's it's too the climax there's no really there's not much of a climax or if it is it's just maybe proving that like the strauss so robert downey jr's character orchestrated well spoiler alert i guess but um orchestrated basically Oppenheimer's downfall so at the end you're just like oh okay he's not he's not being nominated like for his position or he doesn't have the seat that he's Looking for, I thought at first it was a senator's seat, but it's not. It's I think the yes. chair of energy or something like that. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember what it is. But this film is really political, to be honest. Like yeah. if you're mm-hmm. not into 1950s, early 1960s politics, you won't like this that much. I think. Uh, I like history a lot. I like yeah, it's US a lot politics. of talk of like it's McCarthyism, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. It kind of reminded me. I feel like once the movie was done. I had two movies in mind that I wanted to watch. One of them was The Imitation Game. Dr. Strangelove, the second, yeah, maybe? No, yeah. uh, Good Night and Good Luck. I haven't seen that one. But oh, George Clooney, like right? George, George Clooney directed, stars with Robert Downey Jr. as the co-star, which is about a bunch of journalists uh, in the 1950s who were reporting on McCarthyism. And it's shot in black and white. I should watch that movie. You yeah, it's it's d- disappeared. I think nobody's talking about this one. But yeah, I do. Such I do know what you, you what you. And the first yeah. one you said, which one was it? Um, the Imitation Game. Benedict the Cumberbatch. Imitation Game. Yeah, with Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. Yeah, or good like choice. C- it's, it's creative minds come together to overcome an impossible odds during World War Two. Yeah. Not. Um, I framed my review on Screen Hub where I asked the question in the the title. Does Christopher Nolan deserve an Oscar for this movie as a I would, director? I would say yes. Uh, I, and I can, like, even though I, I'm ranting about the last, like, 30 minutes of the film, yes, he does. Uh, because, again, did he get an, an Oscar for directing since he started his career? Did he? I don't think he has, no. That's, yeah, he, he's he in need des- of an Oscar, I think. Yeah, no, I think he deserves it. Like, I think that this, that, like, we've reached that point. I think Nolan deserves uh, the directing Oscar. And you know what? I think he'll get it. Like, in all honesty, I'm not even sure there's a lot of... I mean, I, I, I'm trying to to know what what are the Oscar predictions and what's coming out before the end of the year, but I'm yeah, not sure there's... It's too soon right now. From a directing know. standpoint, like, and how what he achieved on this film, I'm not sure there's a lot of people who can compete. Like, it's 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 pretty masterful, and it was masterful before on in other films. Like, he could have been nominated for Dunkirk. He wasn't, but uh, yeah. He should he should win the Oscar like he deserves it. It's it's yeah. a well crafted film. Too long in my opinion. I think you can shrink a solid twenty minutes uh, of this film. But um, and again, just we rework the ending a little bit. But the rest of the film aces like the the uh, just how like the the whole again the whole beginning of like where he actually started. <laughs> the fr- it's funny though because we don't know if we're supposed to root for Oppenheimer or not because he doesn't seem like such of a nice guy and they don't hide it because he's trying to poison his teacher basically yeah the poison that's apple like one of the first things you see and it's actually him try- like putting cyanide into an apple that he thinks his teacher is gonna is gonna eat but some things happen that actually doesn't happen but he's maybe having some regrets about it yes and or no we're not yeah, sure it's also a chronic womanizer really yeah womanizer for sure um maybe egocentric and narcissistic oh, yeah. i guess but yeah so yeah not a maybe the best guy in the room but again you feel that after he created the bomb 
And that's really also well documented, but he feels strange, like, about what he actually accomplished. Yeah, because he has the... Technically, he's responsible for the deaths of 120,000 people, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, and there's yeah. a really interesting discussion with Truman, which is actually prison Truman, which uh, I think it's pretty much what was said or close to. <laughs> and again, that... Like, spoiler alert, but Truman is played by Gary Oldman, and Truman is such a despicable character in that oh, scene. Yeah, he's such a dick. <laughs> such a dick, because, again, like, Oppenheimer arrives, and he's he's kind of a tr in a trance. He's not really there. He's not talking that much. I think he has, like, his eyes wide open, and he's just, like... He feels Murphy big. did so much with his eyes in this movie. Oh, yeah, big eyes, like big yeah. freaking eyes because open and he looks like Oppenheimer because Oppenheimer was so mm -hmm. thin. Killian Murphy lost I don't know how many pounds for this role, but he looks really skinny. Yeah. Um, and I think that even uh, Robert Downey Jr. said it in an interview where Matt Damon said like he gave himself like so much for this role and you can tell. Yeah. But the scene with Truman, again, you can tell and Oppenheimer saying as much that he... He feels a little bad and he doesn't want the U.S. to produce the eight hydrogen bomb. But he doesn't say, like, I regret what I did. It's just that I he has a, like an, a, some of a love-hate relationship with his work that he knows he's responsible for this. And saying I'm responsible, people are going to say that I did this. And Truman is like, no, they're never going to say you did this. They're going to say I did this. I dropped the bomb. You just made it. You're just a scientist. And just the way he did it, you're just like, you moron. Like, you know, like I don't know. Like, I'm sure it happened like that in, like, 1945 or 46. But, yeah, no, it's... Again, you're, you're not supposed to really, like, feel for this guy or be supportive of him. But you kind of are at the end. So yeah, you're conflicted about it. Yeah, you're conflicted about it because he's not necessarily a good person guy even if he worked like for the allies and he did it to save lives but he, he, he knows and he's smart enough to know that it it became so much more and he's just conflicted about it yeah. so yeah we do have an article that's currently in the drafts right now it's coming to us from a, a guest a columnist a musician named mozart gabriel oh. who is a indigenous native american and he has uh, thoughts, basically, on how the film didn't really depict the theft of the land used for the Trinity explosion very well. In New Mexico, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's briefly mentioned, but it's definitely something that's kind of... It, do it doesn't seem important in the movie. Mm. Uh, it's just passing comments like, well, we take the land, oh, you should give it back. And that's pretty much the end of it, but... Apparently, there's like a lot more to it that uh, people like Mozart think should have been further addressed in the movie. Like, these people were displaced and they had like radiation sickness because they were still like in the area and things of that nature. So, the article should be out soonish. Oh, <laughs> Hopefully, by the time good this. Topic. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, good topic, I hope to have sure. that out maybe by next week. So, hopefully, by the time this article is out. It shouldn't be that much longer because we're we're transcribing like audio messages into blog format. Good. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to hear uh, to read that for sure. It's a it's a good topic. Yeah. And another note, I really enjoyed the scenes when with Einstein. Like I, yeah. there's a few of them, maybe three, but uh, it's Tom. I think it's Tom Conti. The word, the, the name of the actor. I'm not sure. It's Conti's last name, but. Um, <laughs> I think he really nailed it because the interviews and the pictures I've seen of Einstein, I'm like, that's that's really good. And you and that actually, you know, there's always like a, a reveal at the end of a Nolan movie about yeah. like a previous scene. And it refers to a scene with Einstein and like basically Oppenheimer and him had a discussion. Now, that's Strauss. the first scene of the movie. Yeah, it starts with enough. this or close. And Strauss doesn't hear the conversation between Oppenheimer and Einstein and he's always wondering what they actually said to each other um, and if they actually I don't know backstab him or I don't know just like com had a plot against him or whatnot and you just notice at the very end of the movie what they actually said to each other yeah. and it doesn't concern Strauss at all it's just that Oppenheimer actually reveals like to Einstein that he think he destroyed the the world even if he did he didn't 
Yeah, and then we get this like abstract subjective view of like the worst case scenario, essentially. Yeah, true. Which is yeah. like at the end of it, they really considered that it it's a possibility. And that that scene with Matt Damon, who plays the general, and he's just like, by the way, there's a chance we might actually destroy the world, but the chances are near zero. It's like near zero. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's like zero would be nice, like. But it's still true. Like, they actually had that fear. Imagine if, like, the whole atmosphere caught on fire and you just, everybody suffocates. You're just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, okay, that, now they actually we played in, with that. Like, in the yeah, nuclear well, age. Yeah. Yeah. And now that the bomb exists, we live in, like, uh, an era before it used to be, like, BC and AD. Now it's almost like before the bomb and after the bomb. True. And we've yeah. been living in a, a world ever since 1945 where it's after the bomb like the bomb exists and even like in the past year and a half the the discourse around using it has been highly elevated we we know uh bombs have been moved around uh fairly recently as we know they've moved to, to belarus so the those fears that oppenheimer had haven't gone away no. Because there's always like a what if scenario and the concept of mutually assured destructions is yeah. basically what's making the Ukraine war not a world war. Exactly. Yeah. Cold war. Well, not a cold war because yeah, they're it's fighting, pretty hot, but it's, it's pretty hot. No, sorry. It's not cold, but it's yeah, it's basically yeah, it's the only thing that it's keeping it from being a nu- nuclear war. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, uh, Overall, like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed Oppenheimer. It's really not my favorite Nolan movie um, because yeah, there's some third act problem. It's, there's some third act problem for me, but it's still a must-see. Um, and again, considering the spectacle, see it in theaters if you can. It's, it's a long film, I won't lie. Mm-hmm. It is, but for at least, I would say, 80% of it, you'll have a fantastic time. Um, what so maybe would be just your, uh, yeah. your Nolan ranking, like your top three? Inception, I think, is my number one still. Yeah. After I would say Inception, my number one. Um, you know what? Surprisingly enough, I think Dunkirk might be my second favorite. I really, really like Dunkirk. Um, and third would be either Dark Knight or Batman Begins. I guess. Uh, I need to put a Dark Knight movie in there, but. I'm conflicted at times. Sometimes I prefer Batman Begins. Sometimes I prefer The Dark Knight. Um, what about you? Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight for me is my first one. Mm-hmm. I like the Michael Mann isms that are present in that movie. Uh, then it's probably The Prestige. Oh wow! Bold yeah. choice. Bold Prestige. Choice. And then right. it's Interstellar. Not that, that Inception. No, you, no, you yeah. wouldn't be. No, you hate no. Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> Inception. Like, oh, no, really? Did you really no, change no, no. that? No, that's. I, I love Interstellar. It's not in my top three, but I know you hate it. So, uh, yeah, it's probably my. <laughs> it's probably my least favorite Nolan movie. Oh uh, yeah. And well, then there's still probably, one I haven't uh, seen. I haven't seen the following his first film. I haven't seen that one. I haven't so. seen it either, so I can't comment on it. But I, I would put Interstellar at the end, and then probably Insomnia. It's not bad Insomnia though. I, I, lo- I, I it's been a while since I've bad, seen that yeah. film. It's not bad. I do I do like it. Like Robin Williams is great in that film, yeah. but Yeah, it's yeah, either Insomnia or it's Dark Knight Rises. It's one of the two. I like Dark Knight Rises. I don't I can't place it at the at the bottom. I, I but, have um, fun with it, but it's got major script problems. I know, I know. I yeah. won't uh, I won't say the contrary, but yeah, Dunkirk for sure. And you know what? Tarantino actually was on a podcast a few years back on the Rewatchables, and he said that Dunkirk was maybe the best movie of the year of that year. But also, I think he says that it's one of the best movies period of the last twenty years. Like he really, really mm-hmm. loves Dunkirk. Uh, considering like how much Tarantino actually knows about cinema and, and loves cinema, I'm just like, well, that's. Quite a powerful statement, but Sometimes rewatching Tarantino that says film, whack comments on film crit though. I, I remember in 2011, his, I think his favorite movie of the year was uh, Paul W S Anderson's Three Musketeers movie. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, not not weird. Drive. 
It was the Three Musketeers. <laughs> with Drive is so there's so much Tarantino in Drive, so I'm just like it's weird he doesn't cho- he didn't choose that one. But yeah, um, Dunkirk. I mean, I've rewatched it many times, and I'm just this movie's genius. Like, yeah, it's I such copy, a like genius film. But and we talk it. about Dunkirk during the our war uh, movies yeah, uh, podcast. But um, yeah, I think Inception at this point still remains my favorite uh, Nolan yeah. film. So there you go. Um, all right, man. That's uh, Barbenheimer. But I still want to leave. I think we need to discuss the Ninja Turtles movie. I'll do a quick you're... Ninja Turtles. And then if we have the time, which I think we do. Did you watch Secret Invasion? Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yes, I did. We'll, yes, we'll throw yeah. in a quick uh, Secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah. Touch base good on discussion. That. Yeah. Good discussion yeah. topic. We should discuss that. We should discuss definitely that. discuss that. Uh, but yeah, as I mentioned, I got to see uh, Team and T early. So thanks to Paramount for that. Um, and it's a pretty fun movie uh, at the end of the day uh, animation was super awesome uh, it almost felt like moving doodles at times because a lot of the proportions were imperfect like the ninja star doesn't look like a five pointed star it looks like how a kid would draw a ninja star like the, the <laughs> melon like a watermelon just proportionally doesn't look quite right so there's little things like that um where the animation was very imaginative or uh, there'd be like reactionary things kind of like when there's like an impact you would see like squiggly lines coming out where the sound would be essentially on the point of like an impact so i i liked that a lot the voice acting was really good the the four kids they got to play the respective turtles were actually kids kids and they felt like they were all like 13 14 so it was really refreshing to have the teenage enemies turtles actually come across like teenagers for once. Like they're worried about like, well, wh- what if we're what if we go to high school and like, what would it be like to be normal and mm-hmm. what wh- what's like going on a date like and they're playing like video games on their phones and things like that and yeah yeah, yeah. they they felt very grounded. Um, the story was like the the main threat story was. Nothing too remarkable. Like Ice Cube did a good job as the villain named Superfly. Uh, he was like a mutant. He was all like, "Hey, like people suck." So, and you're a mutant too. Like we're you should come like hang out with us. And the thirst, you're like, "Oh, like he doesn't seem that bad." And then he just goes off the deep end, crazy. And then you're like, "Oh, maybe he's not quite so fly anymore." I will say that a lot of the mutant imagery especially in the latter half of the movie might be a little too intense for small children oh really it's kind of creepy yeah yeah okay yeah so just for young kids uh if you have kids maybe eight and younger might be a bit too much for them okay interesting but yeah it was a fun animation style good use of hip-hop music uh really good animation style great voice acting uh, Seth Rogen's script sometimes felt a little too Seth Rogen, like with the humor. It's it's a very comedic movie, mm-hmm. and most of the time about the comedy works. But sometimes I'm like, oh, this feels like a Seth Rogen movie, and I don't really like Seth Rogen humor. And it was just like, oh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I used to. Well, I used to. Man, it's been a while since he's written some really good stuff, but mm-hmm. I do I do like Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I just feel like it goes on too long. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, or or it just um, goes too loud. Yeah. So that was something that I was like, and so, but overall, if I were to give it on five, it's a, it's a really solid three and a half on five. Okay. Solid yeah. three and a half. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Uh, it's Ninja Turtles, TNM, uh, TM, TNMT, Team and T. Uh, Team, Team and T. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, was never really my thing, but you know, since Seth Rogen is re- writing it, well, I'll see maybe eventually, but never really my, 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 uh, my franchise but all right thanks for the review i'll uh not a problem good that you had a good uh, a good time but secret invasion yeah i think it, we need to talk about this one because we we both watched it um yeah. i think you can start with your review but because i've read all your um, your pieces basically on each episode and i think the words <laughs> that you want to say is you're disappointed it might be an understatement, uh, understatement. i feel like if i were to re-go through my my reviews it would come across as like the diaries of like a madman because I grow ever so more frustrated with each and every yeah, episode. Yeah. Episode. 
uh, I remember messaging you after like the first episode. I was like, hey, I, I quite enjoyed that first episode. Yeah. There was elements that reminded me of like Jean Le Carre. Uh, I liked that it was like almost an hour long. I felt like there was like genuine stakes. I'm like, anybody could be a scroll, like the, the, sh- the, sh- the shapeshifters and who are you going to trust? And there's like the threat of World War Three, And that was like, there's so much stakes and tension. That yeah. The implication of what the show could be. And then when the show killed Amelia Clark only to bring her back within the first two minutes of the next episode, I was like, well, the show just lost all its cojones. And as the show kept going, it took less chances, less risks. It made some really weird decisions, like the reveal of Brody being a Skrull happened over the phone. Yeah. And the show never confirms how long Martin Freeman or Rhodey have been Skrulls. You don't it's know. Kinda yeah. just, we don't know. The director clearly doesn't know either. Um, like I said, there was no tension. There's a show that had skin changers infiltrating. I, there was no tension in this show. Like, I never, like, World War Three was being threatened, and I was just like, meh. Yeah. I think it would have been awesome if it doesn't have to be a nuclear war, but what if like World War Three broke out at the end, and that segued right into the new Captain America movie? Yeah, <laughs> well, the cap- yeah, the fourth that film World at War, Captain yeah, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that would have been awesome. I think making Gaia the all-powerful god person within the MCU with all the powers was so weird. Yeah. It was. I was frustrated when I saw that and. Here, here's an example of weird decisions. Like, A, the last episode, the secret ser- servant agent next to the president, president's like, give me the gun. I'm like, that just feels so manufactured. It's, secret agents should never give never up his give, weapon next to the president. Away, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, but second, imagine that the scenes with the president and Rhodey in the hallway, and then the scenes with Fury and uh, Gravik at the nuclear facility. Imagine that they had switched the roles. And it was Amelia Clark's character in the hallway with the president. And she's a scroll. And Rhodey's a scroll. And they're both scrolls trying to either kill or save the president. And then you have the actual Fury with Gravik. And he just has to use his brain to take out all this brawn. Yeah. You just, you change that one thing. And all of a sudden the ending becomes way better. Yeah. No. I don't you said it the, all. I, yeah. I don't have much to add. It's just that I had the impression also that Nick Fury didn't do shit the entire series. For someone who was like the smartest yeah. of, like one of the smartest, he wasn't really smart. He wasn't that, very smart. He was wasn't kind of very a smart. He wasn't a dumbass. Always tired. Always like sitting down, just like oh, I'm tired. Yeah, drinking drinking whiskey all the time. Uh, bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. He's <a> bourbon yeah. <laughs> man. He's a bourbon man. True. Yeah, he's a bourbon man. Uh, a bourbon. Yeah. No. The only thing, the only really good scenes that I like of Secret Invasion were between. Him and Priscilla, Dr. Um, Priscilla. Well, I mean, his scroll girlfriend, basically. His wife. Uh, Good good dialogue there. Good scenes. Like, powerful, emotional, like, scenes. But apart from that, yeah, it's all... I like the first scene with Rhodey and Fury at the restaurant. Yeah. I thought that was, like, a a better standout. I forget his name, but the guy who's playing Gravik... Yeah, I think he did the uh, best Ben with what he was, I'm forgetting yeah. his first name, but yeah, he's gonna be a uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did the best with what he was given. He was good, though. I do admit yeah. that he was. He did a good. He, he gave did a, a good, good performance. Gravik wasn't the best villain, no, but yeah. he he tried. He he showed up to work. He did. Yeah, he did what yeah. he could. Uh, he Amelia could. Clark completely like his character. Her character was just a pure weird. it felt like it weird clark was almost like sleepwalking through the role yeah yeah pretty yeah. much yeah she wasn't yeah. really inspired by it uh ben Mendels, Mendels, so i mean i did like his character but he they killed him off really quickly and you're just like oh okay i thought not he was even more quickly it was so unceremoniously unceremoniously like, yeah exactly i i didn't even realize he was dead until like halfway through the fifth episode yeah no, he's dead yeah you're <laughs> like just they're like, burning okay. they're burning him i'm like oh he's dead well, that one that wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no. I, yeah. It's such a lost opportunity. And again, like, 
I don't know where Marvel is going with this, and I think like they only like gain shit for Secret Invasion. Nobody really liked it, but now they have Loki season two, and I just don't know. They they're they're going down deeper and deeper into the drain with fans. So I don't even know what's gonna be left when I guess the next Avengers movie comes out. Yeah. Who's gonna and be? You know really me. Following? I wasn't even yeah. super crazy about Loki. Like Loki was like a seven. It was movie. good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Was it was it super memorable and crazy? I'm like, well, no, but no, it was not fun, really. but not it was really. Yeah, fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great either. It was it was a good show, but I can't get like super excited for just good. Yeah. What I did yeah. like, though, I must say, I watched Guardians three. I did like mm. this movie. I yeah. like I like Guardians three, um, but that's maybe the one bright spark into like uh, I don't know a whole plate of shit, I guess. Or it's something. definitely the best Marvel movie since um, uh, No Way Home. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we have it. Secret Invasion, not not great, not good. No, it was. I was so frustrated with the show. I was like, the writing's a mess. Production design's a mess. Like, when they're in the hospital, like, the president's pointless. being wheeled it's into the hospital. It's not even Yeah, like, stakes. what was the point of the show? You like, can skip no, it. Yeah. No, no consequence. But it also and scrolls just, like, are still hiding show. everywhere. <laughs> scrolls yeah. are still hiding everywhere. So the status quo is kind of just the same. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they killed a couple the, of here and there but no scrawls yeah. are still pretty much everywhere yeah exactly. and just like the production design felt really weird like they're bringing the, the president into the hospital I'm like where is everybody there should be like it's, yeah, dozens exactly. of people running through that hallway there was like two people i'm like it just felt cheap at times and yeah like, cheap. this and show just cost convoy. over 200 million dollars why does it feel cheap yeah and does visual effects feel cheap and again like the whole like convoy attack scene. Oh well, we're supposed to be Russians, and then Gravik he has like an like an arm, mutant arm, like grabbing people. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, we, didn't you say you were supposed to be Russians? So you yeah. just like unveil yourself. Like what what are you doing? So, Nothing yeah. really made sense. Nothing really made sense. Yeah, it's 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 crazy again. For it's Kevin Feige. It's Marvel. Like they're they're supposed to write good stuff, and they're just like. They're, they're, it's almost as if they didn't try with this one. Like, it's... So, yeah. Because Secret Invasion is a huge comic book event when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was, it's up there with, like, Infinity stuff. Like, you were reading Secret Invasion, and you reevaluate years worth of content because of that event. And... There's there's nothing like again because we don't know when Martin Freeman's character Ross and when Rhodey was taken we can't even go back on earlier faces of the MCO and be like no, you, we ha, don't know yeah no we don't Ross we don't has been a scroll since Civil War like we don't know we don't yeah. know we we, we don't actually know. don't know uh, mm-hmm. and again it's a character that popped up in both Black Black Panther movies uh, yeah, I mean, and Rhodey's War, been like, in. Already been there since Iron Man one. <laughs> yeah, so again, we don't know. So yeah, yeah it's it's weird. And then uh, the director was like, I think he's been a, a scroll since Civil War, uh Rhodey. Okay, but, what's the, where's the proof? Like Yeah, right, but sure. then if again his director says I think, he didn't say it confirmed. But then if you go back into Endgame, um two things actually come up with Endgame for plot holes if Rhodey's a scroll. One Rhodey's bleeding red. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Here's the second one, and it's the it's the bigger kick in that theory. Rhodey was part of the squad that went to uh, the Thanos planet at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The scrolls are looking for a planet. Planet, yeah, and it's Thanos is Thanos is yeah. dead, and you have this one planet that's uninhabited, that's rich in agriculture. And Scroll Road, he's like, nah, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, though. I don't think they fought it that far, no, this, though. But exactly. you did. They didn't, you did. They didn't yeah. think about it. That's the problem. They, they didn't think it that yeah. far. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, though. It's, it's a good point. I never mm. thought about this, but you're, you're yeah. right. <laughs> but then the director goes, oh, I think since Civil War, it just shows how out of touch the director is with the MCU. I guess. Yeah. <sighs> 
so it's yeah, for it's, forgettable, it not not uh, it's not successful. So I mean, again, I'm not even sure like what is gonna be the next Marvel product I watch because I'm not even that hyped about Loki two. I guess I'll watch it, maybe not right away, maybe later on. But I'm not, I'm 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 lost like in the MCU. I'm not I'm not a big fan anymore. I'm just like here for the ride, but here when I chose to be. So yeah, yeah. It's, I almost feel like going back to like phase two watch a couple of movies just almost like a, as a palate cleanser true yeah like put on winter soldier and just be like oh yeah yeah that's the, that's, that's the good, good stuff, stuff. <laughs> that's the good stuff hey we've been over an hour already so yeah. uh a lot of stuff that we've been discussing so again next time hopefully we'll do it in person uh we'll uh we'll yeah. record uh, live uh, i also from the know same location. Um, Alexander from Screen Up wants to do an episode on the, the strikes as well. Yes, that's a good point. It should be our yeah. next topic because, again, we can have one next episode. And after that, I think we'll jump into Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm missing. Oh, well, Billions is coming back this, uh, this tomorrow, weekend. I think. This weekend. Yes, yeah, tomorrow if you have Paramount Plus and on Sunday if you have uh, Showtime. So for okay. me, it's Sunday. So for me, it's Sunday as well because I have Crave. I don't yeah. have paramount plus so yeah i'll do that uh awesome so yeah we have loads to talk about uh yeah, we're never short on the uh, conversation <laughs> no for sure especially not since the last couple of episodes but uh no. all right bro um have a good one i'll catch you later but uh, yeah let's uh record in person next time and uh, celebrate properly sounds like a plan thanks again for listening everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode thanks guys have a good one bye-bye bye now